For today's episode, I am happy to introduce our very special guest, Austin Brown. Austin is a singer-songwriter based out of Nashville and lead tenor in a cappella group Home Free. Austin's band Home Free won NBC's The Sing-Off in 2013, and they would later enjoy great YouTube success, reaching over 1 million subscribers. Join us as we dive deep into Austin's own path and his spiritual journey while finding his true meaning of success in the music industry, staying true to himself along the way. Austin is incredibly open, real, and a true light, inspiring us all in our own visions of success. Hello and welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm Isabel Palacios and I specifically created this podcast to empower and inspire you to create your best life and live a positive existence. Join me as I interview incredible people, share my journey, discuss the law of attraction, and guide you into your greatest version. May you always remember your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. So open your mind and your heart, get comfortable, and let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a very special guest, the first singer-songwriter I am interviewing, and I'm so excited (laughs) to have him here. His name is Austin Brown. And Austin, thank you so much for being with me here today. And I'm excited to dive into a few topics today. So how are you doing? How is quarantine treating you, Austin? Oh, my gosh. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. This is the bomb. I'm so honored to be here. I'm such a fan. I love everything you're doing. I think you're you're really putting content in a space that can't have enough content. Like people need what you're talking about. So I'm just, I just love that I'm here. And as far as quarantine goes, oh my gosh, it has been the best time ever. And I, you know, I love all you out there listening. I know everybody's, you know, has different places here, you know, through this quarantine experience, but I love it. I have, I, I'm like, man, I got to figure out how to do this forever. <laughs> I haven't been home this long for one stretch since I was in college. You know, like this is amazing, like a, an amazing time of self-discovery. I have had so much fun. That's awesome. And where are you joining us from today? Uh, this is my home in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, which is about 20 minutes from downtown Nashville. I just got it last year. July will be one year that I've had this place. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been seeing all your posts on Instagram and your fishing and all the the nature stuff you do. It's really beautiful. I wouldn't mind being quarantined there, honestly. Oh my gosh. Look, if you ever come come through, I will definitely take you fishing. All right. Thank so, you. It is my dream home. I was raised a country kid, you know, out in the country. I thought I might want to live in LA or New York. And I love visiting those places, but I need space. And this place is by far and away my dream home um, and exactly where I was meant to be. And I couldn't do it without all the awesome people, you know, in the home free world who uh, support us and and love us and and take care of us. That's wonderful. And so you are part of a group called Home Free, for those of you who aren't familiar with Austin, which is an acapella group, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We're, We're the world's only country acapella group. That's awesome. That's incredible. And you guys had your start on YouTube or how did that come about? Because you guys have a, about a, you just reached a million subscribers sure. on YouTube. We did. We hit a million subscribers like a week or a week ago or something like that. We started, uh, the, the band actually started. I've been in the band for like going on seven, eight years now, but the band actually started 20 years ago. 
Uh, wow. It was just a hobby for a long time. And then eventually they picked up different fellows along the way. Um, and whenever I, and about six months after I came into the group, we auditioned for a television show called The Sing-Off. I don't know if you're familiar. You, you've heard of Pentatonix, I imagine. No, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> okay, cool. Nice. That's, that's unusual. Um, they, uh, they were on the show the year before us. And oh, okay. they're, uh, they're an acapella group as well, a five-person acapella group. Who's, they've got like 10 million subscribers on YouTube. They're insane. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, so, such talented guys. But anyways, they were on the year before us. They win. They won. Uh, and I just used them as like context. So anyways, we went on the show and won. And we knew we had won three months before the show aired. And we were like, okay, guys, we're going to have this, you know, six, seven week hit on national television. The show came on directly after The Voice when The Voice was still the number one TV show on television. So we knew we like had potential that we had to capitalize on. Um, and we, you know, we decided to uh, make YouTube videos, as many as we possibly could. We started and we released one before the show aired and the show was like, you guys can't do that again. <laughs> like people gonna think, no, you won. You know, if you have all this professional, you know, music videos on YouTube, people, it's gonna be like no, no contest. So don't do it again. And like, okay. And then the show ended and we really ramped up our YouTube world. Um, and that has really brought us to here. And, and I would say while YouTube has been a huge part of what we do, and the Sing Off is certainly a good platform, um, what has brought us to where we are, are our fans and, and pay, through Patreon. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine you're familiar with Patreon? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, we, uh, have, we were one of the first people, groups, music groups on Patreon. And that really is what has allowed us to do this because it pays for all of our music videos. Whenever we signed our deal with our management company, um, they were able to negotiate a deal with every single person who gets a piece of the home free pie, um, you know, business management, our agency, our record label, um, every single person. They were like, hey, we're going to do this Patreon thing, but how about nobody takes any money from it and we'll spend all the money on music video production? Mm -hmm. and, and the label was like, that sounds awesome. So we did that, and I guess, you know, here we are six, seven years later, and it's, uh, you know, living a dream, as they say. That's amazing, and congratulations. There's so many accomplishments in such a short time, and you guys, I've listened to your music. It's, it's beautiful. It's so different. I encourage everyone to go check out Home Free on YouTube because they have... I was listening the other day, you know, pre preparing for this, and I was like, wow, and you can sing so high... It's incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I, as, as awesome as it is and as grateful as I am to be a singer and to have, have be a high tenor, you know what I mean? I got to say that I, I, there's still that secret part of me that the, the wishes I could talk down there like all my bandmates, but I can't do that. And you know what? I'm, I'm just trying to embrace, you know, you got to take your own skills and, and just be grateful. So, <laughs> so thank you so much. I've got, I do have bass envy though. <laughs> no, you absolutely don't need it. And you know, that's, something have you been how long have you been singing for is this something you grew up doing or is it yeah yeah I was literally my youngest memories are me three and four years old on stage singing with my father he had a southern gospel quartet so him and four guys singing southern gospel country music basically uh, and they'd travel all around the southeastern United States um, and then my parents divorced whenever I was really young and like five or six and when that happened uh, he decided to stop touring so he could be in town and, you know, not have to worry about, like, missing out on time with myself and my little sister. 
So he stopped doing that. But I was raised like on stage singing with him. Uh, and, and I just and I remember very distinctly a moment whenever I was very young, riding down the road with my dad, listening to music in his car, almost to my grandmother's house. I remember exactly where we were. And I remember like hearing a song, looking at the radio and just like sort of seeing the dial there and looking at my dad and be like, I want to do this when I grow up. And he just looked over and was like, do it. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And then it was just sort of in my mind from then on out. It was like, I'm, I'm a singer now. You know, I'm going to be a singer. I just always knew I was going to be a singer, a musician. I thought, uh, you know, there was a period where I was like, okay, I'm either going to be a singer, a professional baseball player, or a professional fisherman. So, you know, <laughs> here I am. Um, and, yeah, I just, I've always been a singer, always have been singing. I took a lot. I went to school for music theater. Oh, wow. Um, Where'd you go to school? Just, uh, Oklahoma City University. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I was between that and, and NYU, and I went to, and I had like such a crazy, terrible experience when I went to audition for NYU. The audition went great at the end of the day, but I just was terrified of New York at 18 by myself. I was being a kid who grew up on a dirt road. I went there and like loved it and was like, this place is cool to visit, but I, can, I, I can't live here. You know, it was just like, you know. So anyways, so yeah, I guess that's the long and the short of it. Um, I've had a lot of voice lessons, but I'm also like, my, my musical tastes are so broad from all the different influences I went through. You know, I went to a really a different high school from where I was raised in South Georgia and you know, got into so much awesome music there that it really just helped shift me to here. And, you know, groups like Boys to Men and Mariah Carey in the non-country world, you know, really like inspired me so much. Um, and so I'm this like country mix of like R&B country you know, and and, I, and then I sort of fell face first into Home Free, and I was always a big acapella dork growing up. So it was it just made sense, like because of the harmony, like skills and world that I grew up in with my father. I just always loved, you know, acapella as as I kept discovering more and more of it, and then getting on the sing off. It was just like this is just a hobby. How did I get here? You know, and now like you know, I don't know. I would say I'm friends with Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. You know, and we've seen him them in Vegas and it's just weird like those the people that I looked up to so much as a kid you know like Gary Lavox of the Rascal Flats a you know superstar country group you know his I wrote with his daughter a few weeks ago and and she got there and she was like oh my dad said hey and I'm like that's so weird like you know this is one of the biggest stars in the world to me whenever I was like 12 years old and now he's just like you know if I see him around or like see him backstage at the opera he's like oh hey Austin I'm like I I can't talk you know, but wow, everything comes full circle, right? It seems like it. I tell you what. So I wanted to ask you, you know, meeting these people who have been influential to you, you know, Rascal Flats and all, you know, being in that world, what is the one thing that has you've learned from being around in this world, you know, becoming successful? What is something that the biggest takeaway you felt so far? Gosh, you know, I got to say, I think the biggest lesson that I have learned over the last few years it always comes back full circle is that whenever I pursue like what I want what I you know for lack of a better way dream about if it's not what you know God or the universe or my highest self or however you want to talk about it if it's not what that part of me you know wants to I get lost real quick and 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 for a while it was kind of hard to discern the difference between, you know, the two sides of that coin. Like, is this what my ego wants for me? Or is this what, like, my heart center 
wants from me? Is this, you know, as a kid, I was raised in a way for better or for worse in a world, you know, totally free without like, you know, a lot of great, I don't know. I, I, I love my parents so dearly, you know, but I, my dad raised me just so free and I did, I was raised with all this, all these blessings and no, uh, and, and like no discipline cause I didn't need it. You know, I wasn't doing anything I shouldn't have been doing. So it took me a long time to learn discipline. And I discovered that like, I could have anything I wanted in this world through, you know, th- you know, less for lack of a better way to put it, the secret and all that kind of stuff, you know, and that's such a simple way to put it. But I, I came to discover, you know, whether it was my music or my spirituality or relationships or, or you know, or, or romantic or just like friendly. If I was going after what I wanted because like I wanted to, to prove something or because like I, I wanted to feel, you know, just just that sense of that ego egoic sense of pursuit it's like if i'm pursuing something from my ego 99 times out of 100 it brings me what i wanted but it doesn't make me happy and that that translates into all of my music and, and career and and everything but if i sit down and stop pursuing things if i take moments like in this quarantine and just stop seeking from that sense of trying to fill up something that I, that I'm missing, you know, and you know, cause you can create from that place just as easy as, as you can search for connection from that place. And I have just come to find that when I stop seeking in that way, the joy that fills me up and, and the surprises that come into my life are so much more powerful and moving than anything that had been there beforehand. You know, it's like when I stop looking for what I want and just start, start looking for what God wants, however you discern that, everything is just so much more full, so much better. There's just so much more love in my heart and experience. That's beautiful. And that's so true for myself too. I used to have this idea of success, you know, this, oh, it's going to be, you know, having these kind of cars or this kind of house and live in the city. Like, you know, for a while I wanted to live in LA too, you know, and then I went there, I traveled there a few times and I'm like, you know, this is not really like, it's the thing, you know, for YouTubers and. Right. And and it's a great place for so many people. There is a good community there, you know, it's just hard. It it just wasn't mine. Yeah. Yeah. So I can totally relate to that. And as I've gone through, you know, progressed through my spiritual journey, I've realized that those material goals or aspirations don't do anything for me. They feel empty. And like you say, you know, it's a place from ego, you know, to impress others or to look like you've made it or a place of this is what God wants. And I love how you talk about God because, you know, this is one thing I think a lot of people have a misconception of is in spirituality it's like, oh, don't talk about God. Like, you know, it's the universe or, you know, people are so caught up on labels and we often forget that a lot of the inspiration or these calls come from, you know, the creator from a higher power guiding you through these things. And people call it angels and all this, but I specifically see it as, you know, God, the creator. So how would you say your spirituality or your spiritual journey has led you to this place or through, you know, because the music industry is such a cutthroat, you know, it's a tough industry to break out through. How would you say your spirituality has helped you through that? 
Yeah, it, uh, it really can be a tough industry to, to crack into, and it can be a very competitive place as well. Um, I will say that's the one thing, not the one thing, that's, that's something that I really love about country music and the country music world in general, is that it's a much more familial, supportive industry than the pop world. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, whenever I was 17 or 18, my aunt who is, you know, I love her dearly. Um, she, she really, she took me in in, a, <clears throat> in some times when I needed some protection, um, just emotionally and spiritually. And she'd always been a positive influence on me, and she was always kind of a, a crazy, you know, yoga. And this is in South Georgia, like, 20 years ago, you know what I mean, when that still is barely, you know, that's, it's still kind of taboo. Even yoga, I was like, what are you talking about yoga? You know what I mean? And so she, she was always just sort of in that kind of world. And, and, you know, she's been to Peru and done the whole, the whole like medicine man thing and, and like experience for a few weeks. And, and that was, that was 10 years ago, you know? Um, and anyway, so whenever, whenever I was younger, she really put a couple cool books in my hand and I'd always been such a seeker. And it really confused me as a kid because all, you know, nobody I went to school with cared about like asking the questions about like, yeah, but who put the books in the Bible? Like who was the guy that was like, I'm going to put them all together, you know, and, and this is it, you know, cause I don't, it like just, those are the kinds of questions that were always stirring through me and that I wanted to know and, and learn about. And I didn't know folks who were doing that. Um, and then she introduced me to her spiritual guide at the, at the time, really, who became immediately, you know, my greatest spiritual mentor, guide and and dear friend um and his name's father hurst jacoba hurst he's an episcopalian priest who has the coolest story he's lived such an adventurous life and you would never know it you know he's done so many amazing things he knows so much he's got such a close relationship with god and he taught me how to really see myself and how to see god and how to like walk hand in hand in that and just like the things that your brain and mind is con is is uh, capable of in terms of like really creating the reality that you want. He gave me so many amazing books on reprogramming my subconscious and and uh, and it was it was just a really enlightening time for me. You know, from like seventeen to you know twenty to one or two, and then I just jumped off into the deep end and like kind of stopped search because I felt like I'd read everything for a while. You know, I felt like I'd look, and I was like, I, everything looked and sounded the same, and I was like, okay, now it's time to practice all this stuff, because I'm getting tired of reading the same thing over and over again, which is a lesson I've come to, you know, terms with 10 years later, and been like, oh, no, should have never start, stopped researching, <laughs> got lost for a while, but, but yeah, anyway, so he, he really just pointed me in the right direction, and I think that I'm very lucky <clears throat> to have had that, um, because by some miracle, you know, we'd lost touch for six, seven, eight, no, over 10 years. We'd lost touch for over 10 years. Um, and then finally I was like, man, I miss him. I'm, I could really use some guidance right now. I wonder where he is in the world. I'm going to see where he is. And I don't know what the universe is trying to do, but he lives here in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. And, you know, on the other side of town in Belmont. And we've reconnected over the last year. And his, his library, his house is a library. And I mean, it's every book he's ever read. on, And it's every topic you can imagine. And I imagine every book you've read is in this house, too. Like, he's that well-read. And it's like, it's like walking into, you know, 
Dumbledore's private study. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he just really pointed me in a, in, a, in a beautiful direction. And it brought me here. It really did. I, you know, everything I have is from the skills and that he helped me craft and the walk with God that I have like developed since then. So do you find that because you were raised Christian, you know, you read very, the Bible, things very Christian, very conservative Christian, Southern Baptist, Southern Methodist, you know, huh. wow. very traditionally conservative Christian. Yeah. So how have you, this is a question I get all the time myself because I was raised Catholic and I still identify with, Catholicism, a lot of the teachings, I still, you know, I, I do have a very close connection with Christ and, you know, the Christ consciousness as, you know, they would call it now. Sure, and I, I'm curious to know how you have struck that balance because a lot of people believe, oh, the law of attraction can't be practiced along with following Christ and, you know, those teachings. How have you struck the balance between the two? I'm a very literal, like Christ person. Like whenever, whenever he said, whenever Jesus, I should say, said, you know, these things I do, so too shall you and greater still. Like, I'm, I think he meant it. I don't like, I think that there's this big thing in Christianity, modern Christianity, where people are afraid to actually try and be like Jesus. People are like, oh yeah, you got to try and be like him, but you're never going to be like him. And I feel like that you got to stop that, you know, you got to actually try and, and be Jesus, you know, there's, or like be whatever you are through that space, you know, like I asked Jesus in my heart when I was real young and he's still there, you know, there's some other cats in there as well. You know what I'm saying? Like we all hanging out and like, (laughs) but, but I I feel like it's, it's taken me a long time to really feel like I could talk about it publicly. Um, because, uh, I think that's the most difficult part. I think that Actually, you know, the marriage of of all those ideas in in my heart makes total sense. I have no doubt that, you know, that the secret or that the law of attraction is, and and it's just one piece in an entire, you know, world, universe of, of thought, potential skills and, and, awareness that just all kind of fold into each other with Christianity too, you know? Um, and I, I and I, I would love to like talk to people about that who don't believe it at this point. Cause I like, I feel good in that space, but I think they all just go right hand in hand and there's just no, and, and if you have read about it enough and you're even close to curious about it, when you start reading into it, I think that it goes right in, right into it. Cause I, that's also what I'll say, what I've learned, like using the secret to manifest material success will work. But like, that's just like, that's like, you're using like 10% of the bandwidth, like stop trying to have material things and just, just try and have gratitude, you know, just try and have, just find love and all the material things will just come to you like, like a waterfall. Amen. You know, and, and you explained it perfectly. I always like to say the law of attraction is just like the first step in expanding your consciousness. You know, it's so basic level. Yeah, it's just like the beginning. Go, it's that easy, and you're like, yeah, but all this other awesome stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it makes the law of attraction so much more powerful. Right. Yeah, and and it's beautiful that you say gratitude and love because that's. I was actually talking um, the previous episode to this. I was interviewing Lior Alexandra. I'm sure you know her. Um, yeah, she's awesome, and she was talking about how everything is from love. Everything is about love, and 
Christ was about love, you know, love thy neighbor, not, oh, love your neighbor only if they believe as you do only, you know, and, and that's one thing we have to realize is that unconditional love. It's not, you know, it's not just about romantic love or, you know, love for your family or for the planet. It's just the state of being that state of consciousness of love. Like what love is, you know, love isn't feeling good. Love feels good but love isn't feeling good. There's, it's such a dense thing because love can be pain. Like tough love is real. Like that's like unconditional love isn't always easy for, for either party or for, you know, or, or even if it's just a more worldly thing, but like, you know, like nobody likes disciplining their child whenever something happens, but that's love. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's a lot of people get caught up in love and think that, love is only a good thing when they're exploring this world of the secret and like oh, love is only a good thing, but that love is only, um, only feels good. And love is just the whole gamut. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that the more that we can learn to appreciate the, the sort of scope of how, how many shades there are in the idea of what love is like, that's where the power is, is like, we got to stop trying to only feel good. And when we feel bad, we got to we gotta grab it and hold on to it and be like, what's this trying to teach me? I love this feeling. I love this feeling. It hurts, but I love this feeling. Like, that's what love is, is love and pain whenever you want to push the pain away. At least for me. Yeah, no, it, it's true. It's duality. And I think we often, you know, especially people who are first starting their spiritual journey, they forget, you know, we have to experience both negative and positive. And I, I personally, I don't like to label it. I think good and bad or love or the tough love, as you say, we have to experience them. We have to have both experiences as human beings. Not everything can be sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. You know, when you do start a spiritual journey, you do tend to see things in a more positive light. You tend to seek out the good, but we have to experience the other. And like you said, hugging, that shadow hugging, you know, the suffering or the pain, that's how we get through it. So, and I just want to say I had deja vu as you were talking. So it's super, super aligned. (laughs) I love that. I'm I'm reminded right now of of the first song that I wrote with uh, one of my best friends, roommates, Steven Martinez. He's an amazing producer. We're getting ready to drop a bunch of music, right? And I'm not going to release this song because it's too controversial. It's the only thing like it I've ever really written. And it was interesting. I was in such a dark place. And like, and I don't mean dark, like evil, I just hurt. And I I was so, you know, upset with myself for so many different personal reasons, you know, two, three years ago. Um, and, and I had this idea, uh, with Steven and then I, you know, we wrote most of it together and it's called the devil needs love too. It's a country song, country as it gets. And it was the idea of like, you know, like Christ in the desert, right? You know, the, the first verse is like, um, how does it, let's see, I don't know. I'm, I was just thinking about Christ in the desert and it's like, you know, y- you don't kick the devil out of the desert. You know, you got to hold his hand and see him through. Like the idea of, of Jesus as this perfect avatar, you know, and the devil being there, right? If Jesus is all powerful God, right? He can do whatever he wants to with the devil. Why would he let the devil hang out with him? He's going to the devil and the devil's tempting him the whole time. But, the, but Jesus wasn't like, you know, get the hell out of here, devil. Jesus was like, no, bro, you can walk with me. It's cool, man. I mean, no, I don't, I'm good. I don't need that cigarette. I'm, I'm good, man, but thanks. You can have it, whatever you want to do, you know. You can hang out with me. 
You can keep tempting me. I'm good in my space, but you can be there. And that was me trying to like start to like embrace my shadow self more. You know, the devil needs love too. That's really what that speaks to. But I know we have a lot of fans that would hear it and that might just write us off immediately. So, but I like to think, you know, four or five years from now, maybe much sooner, honestly, that once I've laid like enough of a foundation of my artistry that I can like share something like that. And those people that it might've scared off immediately years ago might go, Oh, I get what he's saying. You know, and maybe they can like open up to some of those parts of their shadow self. Wow. And and that's incredible. That the fact that, I mean, I love how you're keeping the song to yourself because it it's probably very personal. And I, I can totally relate to that because there are so many things that I have about me in my life that I don't share out there because, you know, they're not positive or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, everybody shares their perfect self, you know, and, and I, and yeah, and it, and I will say that, but that's also a part of your power, you know, like, I was taught that, you know, if you have a vision board, no one else should see it. You know what I mean? And so this is a part of that. Like I've written 30 or 40 songs over the last two years, you know, probably 25 with Steven upstairs. We're only going to release, you know, four of the songs we've written and then two songs I wrote with other folks because it's, I'm just, I'm still learning what, you know, I'm going to learn so much about these little songs that I release about the rest of them. And then we'll write so much more. And I can I imagine so many of them will never find the light of day because that's the other thing is I didn't write this. I didn't plan on starting a solo career as well as being home, in home free until quarantine happened and we were stuck here and we had time to do it. You know, I was thinking I'll do this two or three years down the road, still keep working on it. Um, but I just didn't because I'm not I, I'm not doing this for me, you know, that I, I don't need to release the music ever. I have such a beautiful blessing that I know when 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 we release this channel, it's going to succeed because our fans and and you know for and my fans are so incredibly supportive that by some stroke of miracle, like my music doesn't have to succeed in a commercial sense for it to be a great success in my life. Um, and I don't know how I got so lucky, but that's the truth. And that's why we're so excited to finally just be like, well, we may as well just make this music. And it could be a commercial success, but it doesn't have to be. I'm not like, I don't, I'm not with a label, none of that stuff. I don't, I don't need to be with any, no, because we can produce the whole thing ourselves. And through, our, through my management, you know, for like home free records, for lack of a better way to put it, is really producing the whole thing, you know. And, and like I say, like it's going to be on all the streaming platforms. And I imagine that you know, at least at the beginning, we might get a few songs on some really cool Spotify playlists just through the friendships and, and stuff that we have. And our, our management company is amazing, Works Entertainment. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just been a, it's it's a blessing. And I'm just in this place. I don't know why I'm talking to you about it. I'm such a fan. I can't believe I'm here. And I'm I'm just so grateful because everything is happening right now. So much is happening in this quarantine world whenever what did I do? I just went and sat and I stayed here and I stopped trying to move around, you know? Wow. And yeah. you know, it goes to say a lot because you don't have a label. You basically, it's the power of, I mean, of so much. First of all, the internet, you know, the fact that right. you can put out your music and you've built a huge following a million subscribers. That's incredible. And you have, you know, your Patreon and all this, and you don't need you know, a label, you're putting it out directly to the people. There's no one telling you, Oh, Austin, you can't, you can't put that out. You shouldn't put that out. You know, it's all you. And that's, 
that's, I think that's the power of energy too. You know, you put your heart, your soul into your music. It's real to you and you put it out. And that's where all the success is coming from. You're not looking like, I know your end goal isn't success. I know it's to create. And I think that's probably your driving force. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100 million percent times a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. So I want to hear, you know, aside from your incredible career, and this is awesome, it's like inspiring to me to listen to you. What would you say is, I, you know, it, it's hard for me to ask these questions because they sound so like materialistic, but what, what would you say is the biggest or the best thing that you've manifested or that you've actively manifested? This home I'm living in right now. When I left LA four years ago-ish, I think that's about right. I, I, I was like, I'm never paying rent ever again. Home free until this moment in the in history. Home free tours a lot. I mean, so much. We're on the road um, two thirds of the year, like at least. And if we're not, and when we're not on the road, we're either in the studio or we're we're out filming music videos in different places, right? Because we've gotten, you know, a hundred and ten music videos now, something like that on YouTube, um, and. And and I just was like, I'm never paying rent again. I'm just going to save as much money as I possibly can. And I'm going to buy a home. And last year, I finally was like, okay, I think it's time for me to start looking for a house. And I started looking for a home for probably eight or nine, maybe 10 months. And, you know, I, I also, two years ago, two over two years ago now, I started meditating every single day. And I had always kind of meditated a little bit. And, you know, whenever I was right after college, all through my 20s, I smoked like a a ton of weed Um, and just like talked about God in the universe with all my bros all day, every day. And in that moment, I I, I started meditating, but I would only really meditate when I was super high or like starting to get high. And it was very effective. Don't get me wrong. Like I learned a lot about that space. And there's and, and as far as my songwriting and stuff goes, I do think that there is a particular you know, channel of sorts that's really opened up by the right amount in the right setting with the right intention that, that I still haven't been able to recreate totally sober. Um, I do write a ton totally sober now. That was another thing over the last few years I wanted to make sure I was doing was that I was being sober because <laughs> I wasn't for some time. But but anyway, so like a couple of years ago, I started meditating every single day consistently. And it took me probably a year to really find what I like and what feels the best to me in that process. Um, and, and through that process, I definitely manifested this home. I would just sit every day in my meditation, um, living with Stephen for a short, you know, for like eight or nine weeks. Whenever I finally was like, no, I have to find this house. I would just sit on his porch meditating and, you know, finding that feeling of being at home, which is something that I haven't felt since I was 17 or 18, maybe a little bit in college in this amazing house I was able to rent with my, some of my friends. But like we travel so much and I love it. But that actual feeling of like, I have a home being rooted, like I've got, there's a picture on the wall here. Like it says tertiary site right there. And that's a, that's a, a Nashville based, um, aura photo place. Right. And, and I, I went, I'd never done it ever, but I went, there was a geogalactic expo here in Nashville summer, last summer, maybe the summer before. 
And I went and was like, oh, my God, an aura picture? Why not? Let's see. I don't know what the science is here, but, like, whatever. Let's try it. So I did it, and then I did another one, and then I did another one the next day, and they all remarkably were, like, pretty much the exact same. And I watched, like, 30 other people get theirs done, and they were all so different, you know? Uh, and I have since gotten it done, and it uh, like once one other time. And it's very, I'm, you know, I'm like, it's it's interesting. I love looking at information. You know, it's like this is interesting, whatever this means. Um, but I uh, like I was just floating all my like my I was not rooted at all because I just didn't feel like I was at home. Uh, you know, and I wasn't grounded to anything. And this home has really given me that. And anyways, I'm, this is such a long story. But I would just sit at Stevens and. And and meditate and find that feeling of home. And I think that that is the most important part of manifesting anything, of the secret. It's it's not what you're visualizing. It's what you're feeling. It's the feeling that matters. The feeling is the secret. It's not the visualization. That helps. It's a great tool. And maybe if that's what gets you to feel it, then, then it is the visualization. But it's the feeling. It's believing that, that it's true. It's believing that I have this now. It's sitting there going, I'm at home. And I can hear the wind blowing through the trees and the crickets in the yard. And I'm at home. And I believe that this is here now. Because relatively, right, time is just a construct. It, the future and the past are here right now. So, if, so you, what you have in the future and, and in the rest of forever is already here now. And that's what you got to lock into. And then just trust and it will find its way to you. Wow, that's powerful. And I wanted to ask you, how did you conjure up that feeling of being home? Because... For you, what was familiar was traveling, you know, and not having a home. So how did you bring those feelings into that moment of meditation? I would think about how I felt whenever I was back home in Tifton, whenever I'd get to go visit there and I'd be at my Aunt Terry's and Uncle Larry's house or like walking on a dirt road out of my mama's house or sitting on my grandpa's porch, you know, in the moments whenever I'm not stressed, you know, for whatever family things are going on. Like, or, or if I'm sitting out by the pond and I can just feel the grass under my bare feet, you know, back home. I, you know, I'm a fisherman, one of my favorite things to do. And I just knew I wanted water. And I remember thinking it was impossible for me to do that right now. At this point in my life, I was like, I'm going to buy a house. It's going to be a certain way. And in f- four or five years, I will, um, you know, I'll sell it and like move up in the world. That's, that was like the idea. And then God very quickly showed me that I was underselling myself. And that I was capable of so much more. Um, And I went from having a house that I was about to buy with no yard at all, out in the country enough, but like totally secluded on a very tiny piece of land. And I thought that's perfect for a traveling musician. Exactly what I need. Nothing I have to maintain or worry about. I don't got to cut the grass, you know. And, uh, And then through a series of events, you know, and through some support, you know, I'd never have asked for help from anybody. I've never had to. But, you know, at that, you know, 32 years old, I finally, you know, called up some of my family and was like, hey, you know, I don't know what, but maybe you guys, I found an amazing house that I, is way more expensive than I was planning on getting and I can't afford it. Would maybe you want to help me? And my family was like, sure, we got you. And I was like, oh, my God, I wasn't prepared for you to say yes. <laughs> like it was going to this was like my like, OK, cool. This is a beautiful idea. And this is what I'll have one day. And I'll ask, and they'll probably say no, and that's fine. But then they said yes, and I was like, okay, Geronimo, here we go. And because this is a place I'm going to be in for 15, 20 years, I could be here forever. It may very well. But I still do like that. You know, I got that dream of, of like, having my own, 
you know, 400 acres in the country, you know, and really being on a farm one day. Um, but well, asking you shall receive, right? right yeah. So I'm just going <laughs> to this feeling to answer your question of, of being at home in the places where I did find that real feeling. But I would try and bring it here locally. Like to, I'm here in Nashville. You know, I was trying to bring, I'd grab that feeling. I'd see myself down there. I'd find where I am at home. Where do I feel at home? Those few moments there in Tifton. So I would just find that feeling and then just be here and know that that way. And then try and just feel it in my body. Because I, I have, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, like in terms of visualizing. Some people are really good at it. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm good at it in, in, a, in a sense that like I know how to do it for what I want to do. But like when I hear other people talk about their visualizations and like when I hear like Lior talk about astral travel and like all these, I'm like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like so thirsty for. And I know that that's a big part of why it's probably like sort of on the outer rim of my awareness is because like, you know, it's that same old thing as I want it so bad, you know, but I already have it. And I'm trying to just like sit back into it. Um, Well, yeah, it's the esoteric, you know, like you were saying, there's different timelines, there's also different dimensions, different densities. And I would say what you're experiencing, like your astral projecting and, you know, these kind of things, that stuff is, you know, kind of in the esoteric. And what, but what you've experienced, the fact that you've manifested, I want to get into your house because you talked about it earlier, um, before when we, when we talked about your house and how you manifested it, but you've experienced all that here in the physical, in the material world, which is, it's the same experience, just not in that esoteric sense. So, you know, and like, you're right. As soon as you let go of that, it kind of, it comes to you. And and everybody's experience is different. And and I will say like a lesson, there's a fun story I'm going to tell really quickly. The lesson that I have come to to discover about me is that my, uh, my spiritual success and my spirit, like it, what what feels like you know spiritually like growing to me, has always come from reality being very literal with me, and and in in the physical world like stuff we can touch, see, and hear. Like the astral world is like something that has felt like is unimportant to almost this incarnation. And I, and I'm, there's a part of me that's like, uh, because I get so many incredible signs in the physical world that just blow me away. And like the, one of the first ones that ever really happened, that's still one of the most afraid I've ever been in my entire life. I was living in Orlando, Florida, um, living the dream, singing with a, a group at Disney world, um, that I had wanted to my whole life ever since I knew they existed. And I, I got a job there. I was one of the only guys that they I was the only uh, tenor they hired in two years because most people go there, get a job there and like, we'll stay there forever because it's such an amazing job to have as a singer. You can raise a family and live a normal like nine to five kind of life, but it's more like, you know, 11 to four. <laughs> and it's just like amazing. Right. And anyway, so I'm down there living by myself, but I wasn't making enough money to live by myself. So I had to get another job as a waiter and I was working like 60 hours a week. Um, and I didn't have really any social structure or friends outside of work. And I would just go home and sleep and go back to work. And, but there was a bookstore across from the restaurant I was working at and I would go in the bookstore and like read interesting things. And eventually I got a book about like just one guy's story of, of his alien experiences, which is stuff that I like. I'm really interested in hearing what people have to say about that. Disclosure's happening right now. That's exciting. Um, nobody wants to talk about it, but you know, uh, anyways, so they uh so I was reading the book and and I right when I finished the book 
I had been like starting to think about astral projection, trying to like imagine seeing my body from outside of itself or seeing myself in the corner or whatever. And I started to kind of do that stuff, but I was also kind of going through a dark night of the soul sort of moment. And it, it's, and I'm not this kind of guy. It's really, I think it's literally like maybe I've done it one other time in my life from a sense of pain. Um, but in this moment, I was just so sort of angsty and aggravated with with my perception of God and the universe. And I was just like, why is it so hard? You know, why do I have to work so much? And I remember literally yelling at the universe like three times, like, I want a sign. Like, I'm in my own studio apartment in like, you know, in Celebration, Florida, just outside of Disney World. And I'm just like, I need a sign. Like, give me a sign. And I just remember like being like sighing kind of exasperatedly. And then I said it again. I was just like, give me a sign. And, and immediately, the biggest explosion you have ever heard in your whole life went off and rattled the entire house. And I was immediately terrified. And I was like, what just happened? I just finished a book about aliens and I was yelling at God to give me a sign. And then there was a giant explosion. What happened? Literally a huge explosion. Did I hallucinate this? I went outside, looked around, everything seemed normal. I'm really confused. Eventually, my neighbor calls me like five minutes later. He's like, hey, man, did you drop something in the garage? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm in a garage apartment above the, the garage. And I'm like, no, dude, that was something outside that exploded. He was like, OK, you heard it, too. And I was like, yeah. And then he comes over and we're like talking. We're like, I don't know what's going on. Like, that was ridiculous. It shook everything. And, and, and then like 10 minutes later, his wife, who was in New York at the time, called him. And he was, we were like freaking out. We're like, what is it? And she's like, oh, yeah, that, um, I forgot to tell you. The space shuttle Challenger was supposed to come back into the atmosphere tonight. So a sonic boom had happened in that moment above, right above Orlando and shook everything when, space, when the space shuttle reentered the atmosphere. And so it was such a, like, a, the, the sign was a very real, tangible moment that it's almost like my, you know, that just seemed, it seemed like I had planned that. It was like a movie. And it, and it wasn't something wishy, like something, you know, uh, energetic. I don't It's just like every time in my life I get a sign when I think about like the astral world and stuff, I, I'm always so brought back to this place, so rooted in the physical. And it's almost like when I start looking for that stuff, I kind of lose myself. Like the one, you know, like the one time I've done. Um, oh my God, I'm going to say this out loud. I'm going to say this out loud. Okay. The one time I've done DMT, it was very much so like, this isn't meant for you. You don't need this here. You can come and look if you want, but you need to stay there. You need to be there. And you know, and I'm like, okay, I want to be there though. I just want to look behind the curtain, you know, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. And I, I mean, there's so many, many ways you can look at that the space shuttle incident, because first of all, the timing, you know, divine timing, everything. I mean, the, the only way I can explain it is everything happens as it should, you know, and in that moment that you had the desire for more, it came to you in a very physical sense where you could actually prove, yeah, it, I'm not crazy. I, it wasn't just in my head that I heard this boom. It was an actual physical manifestation and some people might say it was a coincidence no 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 there's no such thing as coincidence it feels so real (laughs) wow that's incredible so i mean i could i feel like i could ask you so many questions but i wanted to go back to your manifestation of your house and how you have a pond 
literally a pond in front of your house, a large pond. It's beautiful. And you are a fisherman. So it's Mm -hmm. like you got the perfect place to be. How did you, did you feel the fact that you would have this pond? Well, whenever the other house that I was about to buy that I didn't need any help to get, it was like, you know, much, it was in a much different place. and, And I was like about to buy it. And I guess I'll just tell this story really quickly there. I got there for like a third set of inspections because there were some structural issues that could be problems and I wasn't sure. And I just wanted to make sure I really knew what was going on with the house. So I was meeting with a third inspector to like scan the walls and see where the rebar was. Um, and, but I, and I got there before him and I got there on my birthday. It was my birthday a year ago now. So just a year and a week ago now. And it was 9 a.m., and, and I got to the house, and there's this big porch. There was a two-story house, and there was a big porch on the second floor and then a door underneath it. And that door underneath it is like the main front entryway. And there was a dead bird hanging in front of the door, just in the wind. And I was like, this is strange. There's a, door hang- there's a dead bird hanging in front of the entryway. And I go up to look and examine a little closer, and it had just, it must have just passed. It was hanging from a piece of fishing line that it had used to build its nest. And I'm a fisherman. You know, that's like my favorite thing in the world is what this bird tried to use to make its home. And it also, like, ended up being the, the like, the death of it. Like, what does that mean? You know, I was like, this is strange. And then I also found another group of baby uh, chicks and their mom that had had built a nest inside the power box on the outside of the house because there was a tiny enough crack that the bird could get in there. And you'd think, oh, my gosh, it's so cute. But the sun was directly on it, and there was no way those birds were going to make it because it's heating up, and, and it was just like, man, I love this house, but these are some really weird omens. And... The, the, and the, the buyer that day turned me down and I gave him an offer that was only $5,000 under his asking price for just a few couple things, which is like nothing, right? In the, idea, in the world of buying a home, like that's like such a small thing, but he was just kind of offended because I kept getting all these extra inspections. And I'm like, why, dude, I was like this close to buying the house, but that happened. He, he turned me down and then a day later, the real estate agent called me back and was like, okay, so he actually will take the deal now. And I was like, I mean, do I have to take it? And she was like, no. I was like, okay, because I re-downloaded the, the, the uh, real estate app today. And, and, I, and I looked because I had this overwhelming feeling staying with Stephen. He used to live just like five, ten minutes from here in an apartment. And I had left his house. And I was just driving through this neighborhood. And I took a back road for the first time that I'd never taken. And I just loved the neighborhood so much. It was so beautiful. And so I was like, you know what? I love this, this part of town. I know it's not where all, you know, a lot of the cool kids live, but I love it. And it's a really up and coming neighborhood. And, and I was just like, I'm just going to look after having that experience and, and like starting to doubt that the other home was actually meant for me. And I just, I downloaded the app and, and brought up the like circle to this neighborhood that I was driving through or that I had been driving through. And the first house that I saw was this one on the water posted on my birthday. And I was just like, no. And I remember like looking at it and going back for like two or three hours and being like, I, I can't afford that though. I can't afford that. Like, I'm not, why am I even looking at it? Like that's, this is my house like 10 years from now. About how much out of your price range was it? I mean, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It was uh it was about, you know, it was like forty percent more. You oh, know. Wow. It's it's a big difference. You know, and it was again it's something I wasn't really ever thinking I could get, but, but, you know, that's also, and that's also why I'm just getting ready to start this Patreon. I'm like, well, I've got this, you know, this world of people who want to help me and they love seeing me at my house. So I may as well just kind of invite them in. These are the kinds of conversations that I'm excited to start having, you know, with the, the people that keep up with home free and that keep up with me, because this is the kind of stuff I haven't been doing at all ever, because I just haven't been ready to like open up and really be like, no, I can I can talk about this stuff. I can talk about my psychedelic experiences. I can talk about, you know, all the stuff that I was really afraid to share with people for such a long time because I think that now that there's enough of a foundation, these these people who keep up with me and that will watch this 100% are they support me and I think that they're curious about this side of me because I think that they all have these spiritual leanings too. And I think that that's, that's what's so beautiful about this. And it's definitely time, you know, for me, you know, God just keeps pushing me. If I'm like, if I'm trying to chill, he's like, no, you need to do this. No, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just, I feel vulnerable because it's so strange sharing a new part of yourself, you know, so publicly in this modern world. I think that goes to show also you've pushed yourself out of, or God has pushed you out of your comfort zone because the fact that this house was out of your price range and you still went for it, you asked for help to somebody, to your family. And that's all stuff that pushes you out of your comfort zone. And it shows that, you know, getting what you want or attracting what you want is often about not staying within the confines of where your, your ego tells you, you know, like you'll never afford that Austin. You can't have that. They're going to say no, you know, your ego is like telling you no, no, but then exactly. you have something, your intuition in the back of your mind. That's like, no, keep pushing, keep trying. And I think, you know, I want to talk to you about your intuition. Cause it sounds like you're very intuitive. You go off of feelings, which is something that a lot of men don't really have. It's a very quote unquote mm-hmm. feminine thing, you know, to, to be pushed, by your instincts or your intuition. And there's actually been a lot of studies being done now. Um, there's a book called Becoming Bulletproof. Um, it's a book that I'm reading now. Have you heard of I've it? Heard it. I've yeah. heard it. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, Evie Pompora. She was a former Secret Service agent. She was talking about how basically a lot of women have felt intuition, like, oh, don't, don't walk on that side of the street. That guy looks kind of weird, you know? Like, and we often kind of shush those voices off because we think right. that they're irrational or whatnot. And, but to have a man, you know, say, you know, I had this feeling, how has that affected you throughout your life or your career? That is, that is honestly, that's like the sweetest question anybody could ever ask me because I feel, uh, I do feel really connected to my intuition. I feel like that is in, in, in the, you know, in the, on the Venn diagram of like spiritual tools and, skills, I feel like my intuition is the highest. Now, my ability to make the right choice based on my intuition is where I struggle from that ego, spiritual, like balance, trying to find that. Um, But yeah, intuition is something that Father Hurst specifically taught me a lot about. Um, He was the first person that was really like, hey man, don't run from your feelings, embrace them. If you're sad, don't try and not be sad. You need to be sad. And then you can let it go He's like, don't wallow, you know, don't, don't, but you need to feel that pain. You need to sit with it, you know, um, or whatever it is. But that really rooted me in, in my emotional self to a, to a level. But, you know, with that said, my mother and father are very emotional people too, in, in totally different ways. 
Um, and we didn't run from feelings in my family. Um, it, you know, and it's taught, given me a lot of skills that, you know, if I ever do have kids, I'll be excited to like try and raise them in, 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 a, in, in a new way. Um, with like sort of the, all the modern research that didn't exist, you know, or, or wasn't nearly as presently available whenever, you know, I was a child. Um, but yeah, intu- intuition is something I work on every day in my, in my meditations as well. Uh, I feel like I'm, you know, in that in- intuitive space, I feel like I'm very, my, my read of people is almost always correct, like immediately, you know, and I think that that, and, and I just try and lean into that. Because whenever I, like you say, whenever you like kind of, your ego's like, oh, that guy makes me feel kind of uncomfortable over there. And you're like, oh, and your ego's like, oh, that's you just being afraid, you know, because of all the societal things that it says to see a guy in a hoodie on the other side of the street, you know. But like, you should, you got to just let that go and always just go with like what you feel. What you feel is most important. Now, you can't let your feelings rule your decisions. But when you can put your decision making with your feeling together, you know, that will that will that will give you peace and and, and prosperity. Beautiful. I love that. And and that's how I, I see it too, is that, you know, we often it's important that we express our feelings, you know, and our emotions in a healthy way, not let them rule over you. You know, there's people who, you know, like think of right now during the pandemic, people are in so much fear, you know, so much. And that creates a level of anxiety that creates more issues. But when you, you know, know what's going on, when you inform yourself and you know what's going on and you look at things through a more, okay, I'm going to take a step back and look at everything from a wider perspective, you know, then I can make decisions that are best for me, not, you know, trying to control because the ego loves to control everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And stepping back and not letting the fear rule over you, but looking at it through love. Exactly. That's the, exactly. That's what I was about to say is you got to root in love because it'll take the fear away. And you just got to stop thinking about all the stuff that's making you feel fearful. You're like, I'm, I'm experiencing that. Like even the last few weeks, just, just like, See, starting to see things and then my intuition tells me something but then I'm like okay that I don't like that idea though and then I get fearful of it and so now I'm creating a parallel reality where where things might not go as well as they could just because I'm putting fear on how I see my feeling instead of being like okay I'm a little fearful let me let me get back to my heart and just let that go that will man, that will unfold as it should naturally and as long as I'm not afraid of it it won't it'll be beautiful you know, it's the fear that turns something into something we don't want at the end of the day. So just root in love every time. That's that, that meditation. Like for all those people out there listening who I know that don't meditate, you know, or that are maybe just trying to, it is so worth it. The discipline you will gain from meditating consistently will change your life for the better in literally every single way, every single way. And how do you meditate? Um, well, right now, like I said, in the first year, I, was, I would just get on YouTube, start with 10-minute meditations or so every day, a different guided one, trying to find what I liked. And then I read a lot, uh, listened to a lot of audio books of, uh, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda, Autobiography of Yogi, you know, um, mindfulness. And I really enjoyed the breath work that I started doing there. And so every, every day, um, let's not say every day, let's say like, Six out of maybe five out of seven days at least every morning. Um, and if I don't get to it in the morning, 
I'll, I'll definitely get to it by the end of the day. Um, but I also, I have a very, until now I have a very like busy life where I'm always in a different place. And a lot of times it's hard for me to find privacy enough to meditate. So I use my noise canceling headphones. Like when we're on tour, I meditate on a moving tour bus. I meditate in dressing rooms. I meditate all over the place because I know everything's going to be weird all the time. There's always going to be something going on. So I'm trying to get my body used to being able to just focus no matter what's going on around me instead of always meditating in the exact same place. Cause that's a good tool for me. Um, so most, most mornings I get up and I will do, you know, 20 minutes or so of breath work of my own breath work. And I, I, um, I do alternate nostril breathing, which is a, a yogic, you know, yogananda thing. And then I do some, I don't know what it's called, a, a different kind of breath where I bring the breath up through my third chakra, let it go and like cleanse out all my lower chakras. And then I do breath work through all eight chakras, all the way up and down, um, at least like it'd technically be 28 times, but 14 times, like one for each knuckle. I'm counting on my knuckles the whole time. And then after that, and sometimes between the different breath work moments, um, but I, I, the, the breath work, it gets me to this place where I can really come down like into my, into the seat of my soul, into my heart chakra. Like it's really amazing. And, and I, and it, and it, and it has become addictive almost like the serotonin, the dopamine that's released from that breath work is just fantastic. And then you're just in this really beautiful place, such good feeling. And that's the best place to manifest from. So I'll have time, I'll, you know, I try and find a balance of like just being awareness and like growing in that, that place of just listening to the world, feeling the wind. If I can, if I'm outside, um, currently repainting my bedroom, but there's like a meditation space in front of the window, in front of a willow tree on the pond that like, there's where I usually meditate if, unless it's nice weather. And then I go outside if I can. Um, and yeah, and then I just take another, you know, 20 minutes or so And sometimes it's much longer. And sometimes if I don't have time, you know, I'll just kind of move on immediately after the breath work. Um, but you know, I would say most of the time I just kind of sit there until it's like, I'm ready to tackle a day or like today. Um, you know, I got up and meditated and I made sure I was like, I did that. It took an hour to do that. And, and in that, what did I do? You know, I did all this stuff that I'm working on in my normal awareness. I have this prayer that I've written, um, that, I, that over the years, really over the last couple of years that I say every single day as part of a mantra, but it's, it, and it kind of grows a little bit every time I swear, but you know, I sat out there and meditated and then I, and when I got done with all the other stuff, I came to this place of awareness with you. And I was just like, I just felt that feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment with this moment, you know, being excited about this being over and like how well it went, you know, finding that in the, in the same way of like manifesting the home, you know, Joe Dispenza, Joe Dispenza is really intentional about manifesting every single day, you know what I mean? And everything you're going to do and rehearsing it. And when I do rehearse something in my meditation space before I get there, it always goes much better. It's like, it just always goes as good as it seemingly could, you know, when I rehearse it ahead of time in my brain and I'm like, I see it. I feel the joy I have from like, you know, meeting a new friend really. And, 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 and also like opening a part of myself up to, you know, the rest of the world. It's yeah. Wow. That's powerful. And you know, for a long time. no, no, it's not <laughs> rambling. You know, I'm actually, I'm actually learning a lot from you because you know, it's, it's, that's different than how I would approach it, you know? And, and I think that would help the way you approach it is, is very, 
free is the word. And I love how your, your band's name is home free because there's so many synchronicities in there. Right. Well, you know, absolutely. But real talk though, I hated it when I first heard the name, I was like, I don't like that. And then like, you know, a month or two later, I was like, that's amazing. Little sidebar. One of my favorite things though, is that we didn't know this. The first time we went to Austria, we've done a lot of international tours. The first time we went to Austria, we did an amazing show. So much fun. And then we were hanging out with some of the people afterwards and um, one of the uh, one of my bandmates was talking to one of the locals and they were like and he came to, to realize that the, the home free idiom doesn't translate, you know, so they heard home free and he was like, oh, you're home free. So so you are without a home like they thought that we were homeless, you know, <laughs> like that was they were like, oh, this, this American band homeless. They're coming over to do a country show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that is yes. so funny <laughs> well you know it, it's interesting now because you know you have your home you know your your first home that you own and you feel very free there you know it, it's 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 like almost as naming your band that manifested sure. all you know it, it, it's it's really weird. did and, and and again and like and that's really what f- quickly what my what my internet presence is turning into it's turning into austin hanging out at home you know that's what every all of my my, my closest fans are all like the things they love the most is just seeing the deer walk through my yard they love just seeing me at my home and so and quarantine has taught me that you know what i can open this up i don't have to feel weird about showing people the inside of my house you know like there's this weird line I've been walking for years. It's like when you're like that, it's that, that ego part that like wants to be a celebrity. And it's like, huh, uh, you know, I want, you know, whenever I was 14, I wanted to be famous and a singer and a rock star doing, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. I was, I was, that's what society raised me to want. And I didn't have any, uh, any, any influences telling me I should want anything other than that. So I kind of fell down a path there for a long time. And in that space is like, oh yeah, but I got to keep this real like wall up where I don't actually show them who I am. And I don't actually show them my home, you know, because I don't want them to see my home, you know, or my family or whatever. But it's, I'm I'm quickly coming to the total opposite side of that. Like I have nothing to hide. I love this space. Why would I not shine this light everywhere to anyone who wants to see it? You know, now it'd be weird if people started driving down my driveway you know, no, that's that might be a little, but you know, online here, I'm I'm excited to share my home, you know, my home free life with everyone, you know, and especially those who follow how have followed us for so many years now, and and support us on Patreon and and come to our shows and freak out the whole time. I think it's beautiful that you're showing this part of you and showing creating an example that even if you get into the music industry and you have a level of success doesn't mean you have to become a really stuffy, you know, closed off person. You've become the opposite. You're opening up and you're showing who you truly are. You're very humble and you have incredible energy, you know, and and that's something that it's going to obviously you you probably know it's going to take you to incredible places, but you know, that's that humility that you have and that openness, you are just radiating love, radiating positivity. And I think it's great that you show that example because we don't really see that in today's culture, especially with celebrities. It's all very ego based, all very materialistic. And you as a, and, and I say this because it's really a lot of men out there, especially, you know, you know, men, male listeners out there, you don't have to be like this guy with all these Lambos and all that to be successful or all the women, all this. And and that's something that we have to challenge, especially 
in this time where our world is in such a dark masculine? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I look at things like, like Kim Kardashian and the whole Kardashian world, right? I'll see that. And I'm like, we get, I'm, I'm just thinking about this right now, honestly, like I haven't had this thought, but like a part of me that's excited to share my life is because I feel like, you know, that's what, that's something culture idealizes so much is that like reality TV show bachelor Kim Kardashian world. And I, I don't mean to judge it at all. Uh, it just, it doesn't seem like it, it glorifies the, the, the parts of society that, that will help us grow in our global consciousness. And like, and, and so I, I guess in a way I'm trying to provide a new, a new like space for people to be like, Oh, okay. It doesn't have to all be about these material things. Like we can, you can watch other people live in their home and it doesn't like, and it can feed your soul and not just entertain you. So many people in this world just want to be enttained and I don't know. I don't, I'm just going to, this is kind of all kind of random. No, it's though. true. I'm going to have to pin that idea. I'm going to come back. And come back <laughs> but. Yeah, it is all about entertainment. And, and it's funny because we are going through an awakening right now on the planet where you see like celebrities, they're losing their magic. You know, they're kind of losing that. Now it's very much about the realness. People are searching for realness. They're realizing, you know, what's important is, is family, mm-hmm. your home, you know, being healthy. We're, it's this paradigm is shifting. And that's something that I think you're a big part of it. And the fact, you know, and this is kind of random, but last night I was listening to like one of my favorite songs. It's called Crystal Blue Persuasion. It's from like 1969. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard it, but it was like a very... Oh, of course, I know that song. Crystal yeah. Blue yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was listening to it and I was like, what, you know, I looked up the lyrics and the the song, a lot of people attribute it to crystal meth and kind of like the hippie movement. And it was very popular in the hippie, you know, movement, but it's actually about Christ. And it's so crazy. Like I, yeah. And, and because the, the writer of the song, he said that he wrote it as he was converting to Christianity and you, you read the song lyrics and it's like, read the lyrics and it's literally everything we need to know about expanding your consciousness Amazing. Um, yeah. And, and I, I would pull up the lyrics now, but it would take some time. But I was thinking that I was like, wow, like how full circle, because for me, I've been going back to my Christian roots, reading the Bible, you know, looking at it in a more mystical sense, not, sure. not taking everything so literal. Cause for me, cause I, I grew up in Texas, people here, you know, more Protestant. I was raised, you know, Catholic. It's a little different, you know? Um, and so I, I always saw the Bible as this very rigid thing, but then I, I started to read it in a more mystical sense and a more, you know, consciousness through my consciousness. And there's so many things that just resonate with me, you know, mostly Christ. And so reading that last night was like, wow, like I've always thought this was like a hippie drugs kind of thing. And it's not, it's like the exact Not at opposite. all. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it is a drug, but it's like yeah. a totally different world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you is what has been your biggest influence in the music you've written? You know, whatever has spirituality played a role in it? Uh, you know, like, like it's so strange. It took me getting out of a relationship that I'd been in for five years to get back to writing music. Um, had a you know a relationship with a great girl, but we wound up just like crushing each other's creativity in a lot of ways for whatever reason. We just weren't creative while we were together. And then the, in that you know 
all the time since then, you know, is really what re- reawakened all of this in me and, and the songwriting. Um, I, I've wrote songs my whole life, but I haven't like really been a writer um, intentionally until just the last few years. And, but, but, uh, but back in the day, the songs that I would write that would just come out of me would be so much more esoteric and spiritual than anything else I was listening to at the time. And I didn't really get it. And they would almost always come out all at once, you know? Um, like I've got a, like I've got a song, uh, called home that starts. It's like, uh, who am I driving this body? And who was I before I was born? Attachment to nothing, but still busy fronting this part I play in theater life. Um, teach me, reach me. I'm open to all that I am. I want to go home. And the song keeps going. But it's, it's, there's a lot of that in there that I'm trying to get back into. Um, but, the, you know, that stuff happens naturally when it should. Uh, but the songwriting thing is something I'm still getting used to because in Nashville... There's there's this it's the it's the song right and you get three people ish together and you all write a song together you know um, so I don't I don't know how to answer that really I guess I'm still trying to figure that out because I feel like a real I feel like a toddler with wobbly knees in this like I feel like I just woke up you know just you know in the last year or two really I feel like I'm just now coming sort of conscious of of like who I actually am and I'm just like you know walking into walls, you know, and stuff. And I need my mom to grab my hand and be like, no, come this way, honey, you know? Uh, so, because the songwriting thing, I'm, I'm, I'm good at it for myself, but, like, I work with so many amazing songwriters who are just leaps and years better than me that I admire so much, and I'm just trying to learn from them. Who inspires you the most? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I mean... My roommate, honestly, right now is one of them, like Steven Martinez. He is, he has the, one of the kindest, purest hearts of anybody I've ever known. He's so content in his own self. And he reminds me a lot of myself 10 years ago, sort of before I fell down into a, a giant ego trap that I was lost in for 10 years, you know, and, and, and I just see the sort of purity of heart that he has. And I know that he's just always going to stay that way. And he's never going to fall into that trap, you know. And I see the truth of that. I'm sure he's going to have plenty of problems and, like, things that he learns from along the way. That's just how life is for everybody. But he's got a sort of sense of self that I'm really just trying to root into in myself only now. You know, 10 years later than this kid upstairs who's, you know, rocking the world. Um, he's, a, he's a big one. Uh, and then... Uh, after that, I'm, I'm, you know, my bandmates, um, they're all married or engaged. One of them just got engaged. Uh, but my, my bandmates, they're, uh, and my manager, they're the hardest, my manager's the hardest working person I've ever known. And he, and he's such an influence to me in that way because I never had any discipline growing up. I was always just blessed with like, you know, I had, you know, I was 4.0, you know, grades were always really easy. You know, I was always a great singer and talented, never had to work too hard to get anything I wanted. And that set me up for 10 years of, why is it life easier? Well, because you're not working hard, homie. If you just work hard, it'll be so easy. You know, if you work hard with spiritual awareness, it will be so easy. And it just took me 
a long time to figure that out. So look, I look up to him, and you know my bandmate Tim and and Rob are both married. Rob is is the best father and husband in the world. I see him apart from his wife and kids so much, and I'm like, man, I want to be just like him. He is he is the the, the number one role model for me for sure, because he's just got such a fun loving heart, and he's not distracted by worldly things and he's just so in love with his wife and his kids and I and I'm and and you know five years ago I thought I never wanted to have a wife or kids you know I think a lot of that was because I had a pretty tough time growing up as a kid and I was like I don't know what if I get a lemon and my kid's a total asshole or you know and like and that's that's just you know what I mean like it's just a silly fear but I never thought I could want that but a big role model for me is Russell Brand I've read pretty much everything he does. I love his podcast, and I love sort of the trajectory of this, like, crazy, wild, druggy rock star actor celebrity into, like, totally, you know, let's not say totally because no one's that, right? But, like, so aware and just conscious of himself and, and, and crafts his discipline every day. He's got a wife and a kid. And and he he just posted this thing that I've been thinking about lately a lot, or a, a, a small moment in, in commentary on a movie called The New Normal, I think, which I'm not sh- totally sure about what that is. But in it, he was talking about, at one point, he just sort of talked about how, like, anytime there's, like, like anything erotic on screen in the movie, he, he looks away now, he, like, and just, like, looks at his phone or whatever. And that's something that I'm, like, really thinking about a lot these days because the what you put in front of your psyche is so powerful every day, all day. And we're so inundated with that stuff. And I was raised to be just totally lost in that that part of yourself that it just gets lost watching dancers on Instagram or, or you know, just, I don't, I don't think I need to explain, just that whole world of like the, the sort of like physical senses, you know, are so if affected by what we see consciously. And I'm just in this place of going, hmm, man, if that's what Russell Brand is doing, like... What and and it seems to be working for him. Then it, it makes me think. You know, it's like okay, what do I want for myself five, ten years from now? I mean, I think I think I want a kid and, and a family and and something to build on for the rest of my life because it seems like that's what living is really about. Like if I was going to do anything for this planet, if I could raise a kid to be a light in this world, I guess that would be giving back in so many ways. Because it seems like in this esoteric school of thought, I've heard from a lot of spiritual people and a lot of spiritual books say that if you have a kid, you can't get out of the karmic wheel of life, you know, and you will be reincarnated and you're coming right back here to do it all over again because you're just going to keep forging karmic bonds. But there's a part of me through love that goes, man, I could be, I could do this for another thousand years. You know what I mean? A few more lifetimes, like, it's working out now. And if I could take this skill into every life, like, it might be kind of fun. I could keep this going. I love this planet. I don't need to leave right now, you know? Like, this, the, this spiritual ego of, like, 10 years ago, all he wanted to do was just evolve beyond this planet and leave it all behind because that kind of sucks, you know? But now I'm totally on the opposite side going, this place is so beautiful. I want a wife and kids one day. I want to be just like Russell Brand and Rob Lundquist, you know? <laughs> And so I'm just like every day I'm like trying to like walk that line of like, okay, how do I, you know, bridge these worlds together and where's my community? Because like it's in Nashville, you know, there's, it's so conservative 
<clears throat> that it's hard to find this kind of dialogue with anyone. And I have great friends here that I love dearly. I was just hanging out at the Country Rebel Ranch yesterday. Like, I fucking love the shit out of those people. But we don't really, you know, we don't bond in this place. We bond in a totally different sort of way. And uh, I'm, at this point, I'm just kind of talking so much because I'm just so excited to be here talking about this because I haven't gotten to do this. I'd love to have you on again because we can touch on so much. Oh my gosh, so many things. Oh, absolutely. I would love to. And I was thinking about that, like another quick sidebar. Eventually, I'm going to start my own sort of conversation thing. Uh, I've worked so hard on these flower beds in my yard. And recently, I've had an idea because I want to talk to you because you're asking me questions and I'm trying to be a good guest. And I know that most of your audience is going to know most of the questions that I would like really want to hear about right now. So eventually we're going to have to do this again and you're going to have to come on so I can talk to you because I want to like, you know, pull back the veil here as well. (laughs) Um, But I want like I think what I might do is if you're ever in Nashville, you'll have to come to my house and I'm going to we're going to live you up and and we're going to we're going to plant flowers in my flower bed. And I think I'm going to, I want to talk to people while we're like working with our hands, planting flowers in my flower bed. And I like to think that like five years from now, there'll be so many amazing flowers planted in my flower bed from all these new friends and like people from different walks of life, sort of sharing their stories and lessons. And then, you know, in, in, in like in a very physical way, planting, you know, a seed, you know, in a, in a, in this space of love and, and growth, you know? Oh my gosh, Austin, that is the most beautiful idea I think I've ever heard cool. somebody say cool. because it... Well, then you're going to have to come on. <laughs> I am going to have to. <laughs> I've been waiting to plant flowers because I'm like, I don't know what to plant. And then I, I just want to get... And I want it to be just so beautiful because I love working my hands out there. And, and, and again, that's the whole like, as long as I don't rush things, because I'm also like, I want to get it done kind of guy. So I want to go get my flower bed all totally done, you know? But nothing ever is finished, ever. Everything's always a work in progress. And the longer that I leave stuff, the more amazing things pop like that into my head. I'm like, oh, that's God. That's God going, okay, here's a way that you can really enjoy the flower bed instead of just manicuring it so it looks good. Yeah, you know? that's incredible. You should call it the friendship garden, something along it. those lines. That's, yeah. that's, I think, and, and it's such a beautiful metaphor because, you know, life is a journey. It's not about you know, what, what you sowed, you're sowing today, what you're going to see in the future. It's not like you plant the seed today and then it grows today. It's about exactly. cultivating patience. And I think that's something we can all learn, you know, patience and gardening, I think is, is a form of meditation Absolutely. because Especially you're so you're present. There, it's mm-hmm. rooting you to the ground. You know, we forget to touch the ground without shoes on. Get know? dirty. It's so good for you. Yeah, yeah. Grounding yourself, walking barefoot for 15 minutes. Like, even if you have a little patch of grass, 15 Absolutely. minutes barefoot, it does so much for you, your heart, so because we're always connected to these, you know, electronics and it it really affects us. Like, I literally have amethyst sitting in front of my computer oh, yeah, all I've the been, time. I've been I was going to ask you what crystal that is. Yeah, um, and my mother gave me crystals for my birthday this year because she gave something to my little sister at Christmas, and I was like, that's beautiful. And she was like, oh, you like crystals too? And I was like, yeah, Mom. <laughs> so she gave me this. is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a yellow rose quartz, which is, I know that sounds crazy, but it's, 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 it's beautiful. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm a fidgeter, so this is, and I have a piece of selenite as well on top of my. Uh, oh, I love selenite. It's great. Um, charge them under selenite does really well under the moon. Yeah, so when no, there's a full moon out. No, I did that. Absolutely. Good. This, I just want to say this too, because I'm so excited. It feels <laughs> like so much power has happened. I'm a Scorpio moon. 
And so the full moon in Scorpio this month was like a big deal, right? And then two weeks later, the new moon was on my birthday. So I was like, oh, yeah. Is, I don't know what it all means, but I know that that's pretty neat, you know? <laughs> Happy belated birthday, by the way. I thank you so much. How'd you, how'd you spend it? How did I spend it? Oh, I spent it, uh, well, I'm not going to say, but because this is fun, but I don't want to sell her out. I went to um, a really good friend, uh, to Country Rebel, the Rebel Ranch. They're a, um, a really wildly successful internet um, media company for country music. And uh, they have like 40 million independent likes and followers and subscribers through different platforms. They're like killing the game, right? And we've been friends for a long time. And one of the guys te- just happened to text me. He's like, what are you doing? Because I'm not like a big, like, let's party for my birthday kind of guy. I've, I've just never been that guy. I'm not like, I need to have a party and everybody come over. I, I would much rather like, you know, just be at home and chill or like hang out with a couple close friends. And he texted me and was like, hey, man, you should come out. And so I did. Um, and he didn't know it was my birthday. And then I got out there and I was like, it's my birthday. And there was, uh, a, a, I don't want to say right here because I'm just not going to do this. But like there's a very big celebrity who happened to be there. And it just like I wasn't prepared and I got there. And she was just like, oh, my God, it's your birthday. And this crazy, very famous person sang me happy birthday and handed me my birthday cake and, like, lit a match while, it, while like, the five or six of us, like, were all standing there and just singing to me and, like, you know, let the match burn down her finger before we blew it out. And I was just like, you know, again, like, I'm just being silly. But it, it was an amazing, amazing birthday just because they're such good friends. And I made a new friend. And I just was like, is this real life? I feel like I'm... Right now, you know that is beautiful, and you deserve that and more. And I'm happy you had a wonderful birthday. That's that's amazing. You know, thank you so much. You're so sweet. I can't wait to talk to you again. I want to do this because again, I'm like, I'm I'm, we're gonna have to get quarantine over fast because I need to, I need to, I need to like, I'm curious about your story and your path and like how I know a little bit about it. Like I've 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 got bits and pieces. But like, you know, I'm, I'm, I would be very curious to hear your story. Yeah, thank you so much. That that means a lot. And yeah, for sure. If I'm ever in Nashville, I've never been to Nashville. And um, the one I, I flew into the airport one time, I was there for like two or three hours and it just had like such a good vibe, even the airport. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like yeah. mm, I want to I want to explore. And I hear so many good things about Nashville. Yeah, it's It's so amazing. It doesn't like. I've I've lived in every big city in this country, just about like Chicago, L.A., New York, um, Atlanta. Spent a lot of time in Texas, um, and all of the places I've been, especially New York, Chicago, L.A. You get there, and everybody's like, you're meeting people, networking, whatever, and you meet people, and you go, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? And you're okay. I'm from here, and it's very much so like, okay, that's great. Now, what can you do for me? Like, what do you do? Who are you? is this conversation worth my time, you know? And like in Nashville, every single person I meet is like, Hey, how you doing? Where are you from? What can we do together? Like, let's make some art right now. You want to write? There's 17,000 songwriters in this town and so many more musicians. And all they want to do is just make music, make art, get together and like write a song. And I just can't believe the culture is so different. So drastically different. Everyone here is just like, it's so Southern and hospitable, but then also just like, let's work together right now. I don't know you at all, but let's do something because you're here to dream and so am I. Whereas in L.A., it's so much more like plastic, you know. And again, there's some great people in L.A., but that was just my experience. Yeah, no, I, I totally I get you. You know, that that's part of the reason why I've stayed in Texas. You know, I, I love 
I'm sure Nashville is a different vibe totally, you know, with the music scene and all that, but I like living in the South, you know, as conservative as it can be, as, you know, people have like a negative view of the South and I'm like, no, there's so many nice people down here. You know, there's so many, yeah, they're a bit different and they might not be as open-minded in the way you are, but people are very friendly and family oriented. And that's something that like you were talking about earlier, like back then you didn't know if you wanted kids or, you know, wife and all this. And I was in the same place. I was like, do I want, do I really want to get married? No marriage is, you know, I always kind of had like this negative view of marriage. And then I'm like, actually, no, I want that. You know, you want to have a family, you want to put down roots. And that's one thing that I like, if I have kids, I'm going to raise them here in Texas, you know? Um, I always, always say that, like, no matter where I go in the world, I'm going to bring my kids to Texas and to be in nature. Yeah. Texas is a nice place and there's so many things to to see and do. It's such a big place. Um, So yeah, that's awesome. And I'm glad that you're in Nashville. I think you have the best of both worlds there. And for sure, I want to want to head over there someday and actually need to explore more of the United States. I've been realizing I've been leaving the U.S. so much and I need to come back yeah, it's here. It's great over here. It's, it's really great. There's so much amazing stuff over here. My goodness. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Austin. Before I let you go, I wanted okay. to ask you, there's one piece of information you'd like to leave the audience with or wisdom. What, what would you tell them? You know, uh, I think most people in, in this situation I don't, I don't have, let's not worry about what other people would say or think. I think I'm going to say what has changed my life is discipline. I never really had it. And maybe you do have it and you might need to let go. But for all those folks out there who have just always been let go, sometimes you got to craft discipline, whether that's, you know, just, just find something that like, make sure you keep growing your mind every day, like reading, challenging your brain in some way and challenging your body in some way every single day, even when you don't want to. That's the most important thing is when you don't want to do it, do it anyway, and you'll feel better about it. I I could just talk about that forever, but that's, I'm just going to stop there because that's like, that's the point. Just find a way to craft discipline in your life that can translate to everything else. By all means, be free and spontaneous, but just just find a way to craft discipline in your life and it will serve you and the greater good of the universe endlessly and onward. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I needed that today too, because I'm a Pisces and I tend to flit around everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I like to be free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like to be free. So yeah, discipline is, is not a, is, is actually so important. The Buddha talks about discipline too. So very good. Thank you, Austin. Thank you so much for your time. And where can everyone find you? Oh my gosh. I'm on Instagram and Twitter underscore the Austin Brown. I have a, a YouTube channel. Um, I think it's Austin Brown music. I'm not sure, but I don't ha- really have anything on there yet. So I'm about to. Uh, and then I also have a Facebook artist page, artist page, Austin Brown. And then you can also check out my band home free everywhere. Um, just put that on YouTube and uh, you, there's a rabbit hole. You can follow right down. It's, uh, it's, it's fun acapella. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Maybe I'll see you guys there somewhere. Yeah. Everyone go follow Austin. You won't regret it. He is a ray of light and definitely a great person to follow on social media because everything you post is so, so wonderful. I I enjoy actually watching your stories. I'm like, what is he up to today? So awesome. thank thank you, Austin. And thank you so much everyone for tuning in. 
And as always, my beautiful angels, never forget your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. Thank you. And thank you, Austin. Everyone have a beautiful day. Bye.